survival unknown. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, Travel Unknown with Colin and Nate. Uh, today we have a pretty interesting story. A lot's been going on. Sorry, it's been a few weeks since we like last posted our podcast, but uh, hopefully we can get back into the groove now. Um, we've both moved in the past month, Colin a little bit farther than me, but uh, big transitions. Our podcast now is like remote. Where are you at, Colin? I am coming live from Union City, New Jersey, greater New York City area. <laughs> <laughs> um and Nate from Indianapolis. So this is our first our first shot at a remote podcast. Um but both of us at our summer internships. This is the middle of the third week, so it's going well for me. How about you, Nate? Yeah, it's going well. A lot of a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes me miss school, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> really? Well, at least we're getting paid to do this. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, and you're getting to see all of New York City, which is most of our topic today. Yeah, it is. So a little bit of a background on that. Um, I have never been to New York City. I've only been to the East Coast. Well, okay, Northeast one time, two times, and that was to Vermont both times. And I flew into Albany, New York, but that's nowhere near New York City. So it's definitely been a transition living here, and it's quite the experience with all the uh, public transportation and just, I mean, there's 8.7 million people is the uh, population here, so it's a lot to get used to. Sorry, I just saw your, we're on Skype and I just saw Colin's ring and it reminded me that he got married since the last time we started this. Yeah, I did. That's also going well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. Every happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. I uh, wake up, she makes my lunch, packs my lunch for work and I uh, get home every day at about 6.45 and dinner's on the table so I can't complain. Yeah, you better appreciate her. I do. Anyways, <laughs> transitioning into um, kind of what we're going to talk about today. Like Nate said, we have an interesting topic about people living underground in the subway system in New York City. So I'll preface that with a little bit of my experience <laughs> coming here. Um, because like I said, I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot already in my three weeks. A lot of interesting things that you don't really see in Bloomington. I guess... You see a lot of homeless people in Bloomington, but this is a whole different, a whole nother animal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so before moving to New York City, my expectations, I had heard from a lot of people that it was dirty, but I was like, yeah, I mean, a big city, like I've been to Chicago, I've seen like, yeah, the streets are kind of dirty sometimes. Um, but I guess moving here... Yeah, it's pretty dirty. And my walk, my seven minute walk from the bus station to the office every day, there's like bags of trash on street corners, and it smells like feces a lot of times. Um, but th- but there is there is nice parts of New York City. And one thing that I've said to Lauren a lot of times, uh, the parks like Central Park, Washington Square Park, Bryant Park. You go there and there's like a big patch of trees and honestly the air like you 
you can tell a difference from the air that you're breathing in. I'm not kidding. Um, and Lauren agreed too, but it, it was weird, like going from the city and then walking to Central Park. It's just like, I don't know. You're going to like feel the different oxygen. It just feels like fresher. Um, but our first day that we went into the city, so we're living in Union City, New Jersey, which is right across the Hudson River because it was cheaper. And I have like a 30 minute bus ride from our apartment into town. And so we got here on a weekend and we decided to go into the city and I really wanted to see Times Square because that's only like two blocks away from our office. And so we, uh, we were walking around and it was a Saturday and it was really busy with tourists and the amount of like street vendors that come up to you trying to sell you like, I don't know, these like tourist packages and like boat cruises and all this stuff. It was just like insane. And the, the street performers, there's a ton of street performers, but that was pretty cool. Um, and I think now I'm finally starting to feel, feel like a local now, whenever I like get off the bus and walk to work, I'm like dressed up, I've got my headphones in and I don't really get bothered by those street vendors. Um, but the, the amount of tourists here is just insane. How long does it take you to get to work and like how many do you have to take the bus and then something else or what? Yeah. So I actually, I don't know. At first I was like complaining a little bit about my commute, but then I talked to some people that I work with and they definitely have it way worse. Um, I have avoided the subway completely with my commute to work. (laughs) So I, there's a bus stop that's about five minutes away from, well, maybe not even five minutes, like two minutes away from our apartment. I walk there, I get on the bus and I stay on that bus and it goes through the Lincoln Tunnel, which is actually, I didn't know this. I thought it was going to be a bridge. It's a tunnel that goes under the river and then you come out of the tunnel and you're in New York and you're in Manhattan. Um, and it's a huge That's bus cool. station that when you're inside, it feels like an airport terminal. And uh, so the bus ride in the mornings is there's quite a bit of traffic so it's like a 30 to 40 minute ride and then once i get off at the bus station it's like a seven minute walk to the office so it's not too terrible but i've talked to people like one of the interns lives in connecticut and he rides the train in every day and he leaves at like 6 30 a.m just to get there at nine holy shit so yeah i have it i have it pretty easy yeah i mean my drive so i'm I live in downtown Indy, but I work up in Carmel, Indiana. So my, my drive's like 40 minutes because downtown and the highway, like everything's always jam packed in the morning, which like thinking in Indiana, like that's not an issue, but I've come to learn that it is. And it's very frustrating. So I can't even imagine trying to do that in New York city. Yeah. Well, luckily, I mean, you'd be stupid to bring a car here and try and drive downtown. Right. Yeah. Insane. What's What's the rush hour like driving back though? Yeah, five. Like it takes like forty-five minutes, almost to like an hour, just to get back. So it's kind of frustrating, but yeah, it's all right. They're pretty flexible, and when we come in and when we go out, so if I get there early, I can usually leave a little earlier, and that helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. But you said you you like avoid the subway, but you've taken it once, right? more than once now yeah idea for this podcast yeah so the subway is pretty much unavoidable whenever you're in new york city 
you don't really realize like the sheer size of the city until you're actually here. And you might be like, oh, like, I don't know, walking from this place to this place, that can't be that far. It's only like, (laughs) I don't know, 12 blocks, but it really is far. Um, And so the subway is the way to go, and you can go down and get a Metro card, which is what you need, and you, like, put 10, 20, like, however many dollars you want on it. And each subway ride, you go through, like, a little turnstile, and each ride... No, not each ride. Each time you get on the subway, it's $2.75. So I like loaded my car up with like $20 the first weekend we were here. Um, and the subway is definitely interesting. Like you hear a lot about it and uh, you hear like how packed it is and stuff, but it is pretty nasty in New York City, I will be honest. A lot of the. Um, so like whenever you're on the street, you'll see like a subway sign like every couple blocks and you'll take the stairs down. And a lot of times the stairs are just like littered with trash and it smells bad and it's hot. Luckily, the subway cars, I didn't think they were air conditioned from what I had read online, but they actually are. So they're they're not that That's bad. Um, but yeah, Wait, it's quick just side. Note. Yeah, go ahead. You're uh, you said you put twenty dollars on a card. Like, how far does that get you? Like, how long does that last? Uh, so I put twenty dollars on it, and I just refilled it. So I'm trying to think. We okay. So in two weekends of travel, like exploring around the city, I went through twenty dollars of transit, which isn't that bad. I mean, if you imagine like no, taking yeah. an Uber everywhere you go, you're probably going to oh, yeah. rack up way more than twenty dollars. For um, sure. Because the first weekend we, Lauren, did we use the subway the first weekend we we're here? Yeah, we used it to go around Manhattan a little bit. The second weekend, we went all the way from Manhattan to Brooklyn, which is like a 20-minute subway ride. Okay. And then took it back. And then this past weekend, we went down to like the financial... Well, no, not even that far. Uh, Just like, yeah, we went down to Chelsea. And so, yeah, we've like explored a lot of the city but obviously it's huge so really not yeah. that much of it and we went through twenty dollars in three weekends so it wasn't that bad yeah that'd be like a couple hundred bucks in taxis and ubers yeah doing definitely that. so it's yeah cool. sorry and uh yeah there's been quite a few like experiences that we've had on the subway uh, a lot of there's a lot of homeless people uh the first the first day we were riding, actually, like people will just hop into your like car and say, "Hey, I'm hungry." Like anybody have any food? And they just like walk around and try to collect fruit, food from people, and it's really sad. And like you feel guilty, even like I didn't have any food, but it, you just feel bad for them. And then there was this one lady who was hopping from like car to car while the tr- while the train was moving, which mm. I didn't even know you could do. But Lauren was like, "Yeah, it's like in case of emergency, you can open up the doors." And she yeah. was just like, "Hey guys, I have no money. I'm just trying to eat tonight. Like I will take anything." And then someone offered some like organic chips, and she's like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. 
But yeah, there's there's a lot of homeless people, and the subways are packed a lot of the times. And there was one time there was a guy laying like right next to us, taking up three seats, like sleeping on there. Um, but I've never. This is like the first train transit that I've ever used, and. I've talked to some other interns who have been around Europe and they say like how nice the subways are in France and Amsterdam and stuff. And so I, I looked into it and I know that New York has their subway systems been like bankrupt for years. And that's why they just don't have the money to like to upgrade it, I guess. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Cause like when you, I don't know, you just don't think about, like you hear about New York being dirty, but like you don't think about it being like that big of an issue. Like that the subway even is like not like barely rideable, but like it it's pretty disgusting. Like if it smells in there. Yeah. I mean you think with everybody paying two seventy five and like the amount of like everybody takes the subway and to work besides myself, but like everybody who lives around the area takes the subway. But I think the bigger issue than it being like dirty or smelly is the technology is like way behind. And I watched this video online about how the New York subways were uh, bankrupt or whatever. But like you think about the campus bus at IU and you literally they have an app and it shows a live GPS of where the bus is at, what time it's going to be there. And that would be obviously ideal for like the New York subway to have, but they don't even have an app that shows like when the train's going to arrive and like they never arrive on time. They, you go there and it has like a list kind of like at an airport of like what time the A train or what time the whatever, whichever one is going to be there, but it's like never accurate and there's no GPS. So you don't know how far away it's out. And it's just, it's ridiculous that it's 2018 and, like the IU campus bus has tracking yeah. in the New York City that's really, subway. That's really it? surprising. Yeah, that's. I mean, obviously, like colleges are like just basically straight money makers. But yeah, yeah, you'd think like after this long, with like how long's the subway system been around? I guess since like nineteen, like ni- late nineteen hundreds, and like still nothing, which is yeah. very surprising with how like fast paced that city is. Yeah. Exactly yeah so so do you want to tell people like how we even came across this topic while you're on that subway ride yeah so we're on a subway ride and um there was someone who had talked about it was actually we're on one of the tracks and we like stopped in the middle of a tunnel and we're stopped there for like two minutes and we overheard someone say something about the mole people who live in the tunnel and so lauren and i were like pretty intrigued by it And we looked it up, and it's really interesting. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is the unknowns of the mole people who live underground in New York City. So, Nate, you can kick us off with a little bit of background about it. Yeah, well, okay. So, like, when we first started researching this, we came across, like, one article that seemed to be, like, very popular. So I'm not surprised if people have, like, seen this before. But I guess, I mean, I never... I never like really knew what mole people were and like what the story was and like how it's still a thing and yeah, I had all the stuff that goes behind it. it. Yeah. So when we first looked it up, there's a, the article called the truth about New York's legendary mole people by Anthony 
Tally, I think that's, I don't want to butcher his name, but, um, he's not listening. Who cares? <laughs> um, and he like basically went around to different tunnels and interviewed people that have been living in them. Um, yeah. So to go off of that, um, there's been a lot of like publications and I'm pretty sure there's been like a documentary about these mole people. Um, but in 1993, a lady named Jennifer Toth published an essay called the mole people documenting these, basically it's hidden communities, like communities that regular people, well, I say regular people, but non-homeless people never see. And they reside in like a network of these holes and shafts and like crevices, I guess, underground in the subway, um, all across Manhattan mostly. Um, and in her essay, basically it talked about all these societies and how there was like several thousand people that were a part of them. And no one, no one knew that this was going on. It was basically like a shelter for homeless people that they were running and it was their own little community and like people would die down there and babies would be born down there. And like they had rules for their communities and stuff like that. It's just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Like there's, so there's one specific tunnel that came up quite a bit. Um, that like, like you said, like has this huge community and like, there's just like a whole culture. Um, and that like most people that live down there, um, it's like they like have their own ideals. Like they all have the same morals. Like, and if they don't like they kick the other ones out and they don't really have a leader, but there's one guy named Isaac. Uh, and I think all these names that are in the article are, are, aren't real names because people didn't want to be, recognized for this um but he's considered the mole people legend um and in the article it talks about how he had a ba in journalism and he studied philosophy and somehow like led him to work as a model and then he worked for a tv crew and then he lived in the caribbean for a while as a tour guide and then he started smuggling cocaine to the use to the states to the u.s and he has two kids and with two different women, like kind of a crazy story. And then he, uh, he moved like he, once he came back here, um, he kind of like lost all his money, like went broke, like lived on his own. And then he started living in the Riverside park tunnel, which is the tunnel that like was mostly talked about, um, in this article besides like the people that had been interviewed like recently, like in, I think it was like 2014 um, that people are still living in some tunnels. And <laughs> the most interesting part about like this guy, that's like the legend of the mole people was that he like kind of, there's a one story like specifically that he talked about as he was like walking the Isaac, like as he was walking back to his like campsite, I guess um, in the tunnel, two guys stopped him and they're like, Hey, you have to like pay to like get in here, like pay a toll fee. And he has looked at them and he is like, excuse my language, but he is like, do you guys even know who I am? I'm the fucking mole king. And from then on, like he was just known as like the mole king, like the legend, like 
not the leader but the leader and like things like that like he was the spokesperson basically of the group That's um, funny. yeah and he uh it's yeah like they have like their own tribes and like they described it in the article as shanty towns for um tribes basically so like all these different groups live together and if like one person acts out in a way that they don't like they kick them out and yeah which is just insane and at the very end of the article the guy that interviewed this guy named isaac who died in 2014 was like if you had to do it all over again like would you still live here and the guy answered unquestionably which is insane like it's it's like a lifestyle like these people don't want to get out of it like this isn't this is something they like choose to do yeah and i mean when you think about the resources that homeless people have like there's homeless shelters and whatever and i know a lot of times they're full and have to turn down people but in the article it mentions how these people preferred to preferred to go underground into these communities because they felt like a sense of community as opposed to going to a homeless shelter, I guess. And they really felt comfortable down there. It talks about how they had, they like smuggled access to like hot water, electricity and like TV and stuff, which I don't even know how that's possible. And also one thing that I think about when I hear the story is like, was this you had to have imagined that like city officials or like police had an idea that this was going on and like, did they care or did they not care? Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like they did at all, but I mean, cause I've obviously they lived there for their whole lives and people are dying there and I don't know, like years without being bothered. But in a different interview that the guy, um, that Anthony had interviewed a different mole person, I guess. Um, he like hung out with him. He like got to know the people. And, um, as Anthony like walked up to this guy that was living, he, I think he was living in a subway tunnel. Um, he was like, you're the, once he got up to the, the guy's tent, he was like, I think his name was John. That was, his name was hidden as John. So he was like, Oh, you're the first person to visit this week. Like these people don't want to speak to me when they come here. And he's like, out of London, like people are scared of me. He's like, but I thought you were the, uh, Amtrak police. He's like the Amtrak police give me more trouble than the real police. Like, like NYPD do like, yeah. that's like not an issue. He's like, it's just the Amtrak people. But he was like, they haven't come back and like, a couple months and he's like, so I just thought it was them, but they like, haven't been back. Hmm. So like, clearly it's an issue that like they know about, but like don't fully, I feel like they don't respond to it unless it like becomes an issue and like someone makes a call about it. Well, yeah, they might be scared with some of the legends that we have heard about as far as like, whenever we originally like heard about the mole people, there was a lot of stories of these like crazy homeless people who are cannibals and like eat rats and stuff. Um, and they're just like this very violent, dangerous community. And upon more research, we found out that most of those stories have been debunked and that they're not actually true, but the mole people in general do exist. And, it started out really in like the late 1930s, I believe. And that was whenever these tunnels, I guess, became accessible 
you know, not by choice, but just became accessible for these people. And they, they found out that they could live down there with no problems. Um, but I think really the height of these communities, or I guess like when they really started to kick off was in the 1990s, right? Yeah. 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 Like it, it was definitely like it started earlier than the 1990s, but like it was at its peak, like in the 1990s. Cause there's a book, um, called the mole people life in the tunnels beneath New York city. Um, that was released in the 1930s. That was that, I think that was the first like published work that like announced, um, or like talked about mole people being cannibalists and eating rats and like all that stuff, which was like, obviously like later like debunked, but like, it's just like, how did that even come about? Like if it wasn't real, like, was it just a good story? But even though it was considered and like it was published as a true story. Um, but in, in the article that we're reading, which is like a lot more recent, um, the Anthony, the the author of the article is like, Oh, like John, the same guy that we were talking about earlier, he's like offered me a sip of vodka and we drank together and he just, we like hung out and talked. And like when we were leaving, he told me to stay safe and watch out for trains and, He's like, yeah, he's like that. I was never like scared being down there. Like once I got to know the people, he's like, obviously it's scary. Like you're walking in a dark tunnel and like, don't know, you can't see anything. And John, um, the homeless person was talking about how like, yeah, all these people are scared of something because it's pitch black, but he's like, it's just like, uh, Santa Claus, the Easter bunny, like all these things you can't see, but like, yeah, just kind of like, well, just because you can't see it doesn't mean like it's scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about how big like the subway system is in New York City. And I, a few of the articles are referenced that there's like thousands of these people down there, which is definitely a possibility. And the people talk about like all these communities that there are. And like you said, like the tribes and how they have their own rules and stuff. And it's, it's crazy because the everyday person traveling on the subway, like would never see these people and understand like what is going on behind the scenes per se. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like the thing that shocked me the most was that like these people, they aren't, um, they aren't like looking for a way out. Like it was, this is something that they like choose to do. Yeah. They like, really enjoyed it. And yeah, a few of the articles yeah. talked about, like they felt like it was way more, they, they like said it was relaxing compared to like the daily hustle of the streets and like how packed the streets are and like how stressful it was. And they liked being in the pitch black, being in the middle of nowhere, I guess. Yeah. And then, uh, I think one guy that was interviewed by Anthony talked about how he, uh, collected cans like a week at a time and he'd make like $140 a week and then it'd be more than that in the summer. And he's like, that's enough for my food for the week. He's like, I never have trouble getting like having food to eat, like never have trouble, like having clothes, like anything like that. He's like, so he's living basically off like $140, give or take a week year round, which 
is insane. Like, I, and that's like, think about it. Like, that's a lot of cans. Like if you, I remember when I was little, like I would collect cans, like with my, like my parents would like collect cans specifically. And like, it was like a thing for me. And like, I could keep the money that I collected from the cans and like, at most like for a bunch it was like seven dollars so like to think about somebody doing that all week and to have enough to make 140 dollars is kind of insane yeah i mean it's insane to think about until you come to new york city and see how much trash is on the streets and in the subway i can definitely see like how he gets he collects all that stuff but yeah 140 dollars is crazy and it it sounds like these communities down there use you know they share resources they look out for one another and stuff um which is cool and honestly like you know i think it's cool that the police don't bother them i mean they're obviously not gonna go if they're not disrupting like the subway or like messing around with the trains then whatever it's no different than them being up on the streets like bothering tourists or whatever who are walking down the streets yeah yeah it's crazy yeah so uh hopefully while i'm here i will uh get a little bit more information maybe run into them maybe uh schedule a trip down into the tunnels to meet some of these people yeah i think that'd be really interesting and And if you you, uh don't see me in the fall then you know i really got embraced by that community and i felt like i was at home (laughs) hey i mean it suits some people, I guess. Yeah. But I think the, uh, yeah, I think a lot of the stories about the cannibals and stuff, like maybe that was true back in the day, but I think there would be more information. And especially this guy, Isaac, who was interviewed, he probably would have had no reservations like talking about it if it actually, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his name was kept anonymous. So, I mean, well, also think about like fast food is around now, but it, it wasn't in 1930s. So like, who knows? Maybe it is real. Maybe it isn't. Yeah. And the reporter made it out alive. So yeah. And he made some friends out of it. Yeah. That says something. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else that you want to add on the, uh, mole people? I mean, I just, I'm still curious about the lifestyle and everything involved. Like, I guess don't knock it till you try it. I don't think it would ever suit me personally, but. Yeah, I'd, so I'm going to do a little bit of on-the-ground reporting. Yeah, you do you. Yeah, I know what my plans are this weekend. And so uh, <laughs> maybe the next podcast is just going to have to piggyback off of this and I'll talk about my experiences. Yeah, please do. I want to hear about this. All right. Also, just a heads up before we uh, sign off the podcast, Colin and I are starting a video series to go along with Travel Unknown as well. Um, We have one video already made that Colin did, uh, which is super cool. Uh, Not sure when all this is going to come out, but we're going to release it on YouTube, post on Twitter, all that stuff. And we'll put links in the uh, podcast below once we get everything set up and ready to go so just be on the lookout for that and we'll keep announcing it throughout the podcast as well yeah for sure trying to get some cool uh cool content out to go along with the podcast to kind of tie in the whole travel unknown thing yeah why not yeah so thank you guys for tuning in to episode three can't believe that 
we've only gotten three episodes out in like three months. So like one episode. Been busy. But uh, now that we got this set up going, hopefully we'll get some more out soon. Um, as always, our Twitter is what is our Twitter handle at Travel Unknown PC. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you want to follow us on Twitter and get <laughs> updates about the new podcast, which I promise the next one won't be a month from now, you can do that. And uh, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>